praise you, Lord, how we love you, how we adore you. You are so worthy. Thank you that you revealed yourself as the God who inhabits the praises of your people. And Father God, we thank you that your presence is in this place. Thank you that you speak to us. You show us the things that we need to see to fulfill the plan that you have on our lives, Father. I thank you for new revelation today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. So good to see you this morning. You can turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. If this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. Um, for those of you don't, that don't know, I'm, I'm Jennifer, Pastor Jennifer. My husband and I lead together here, and, and we both teach and preach the word, and it's our greatest pleasure, our greatest joy. So uh, the last time that I taught, we left off, or we're going to pick up where we left off. We are in a series that maybe we'll finish today called Pray First. Pray first. So the Christian who does not pray does not have any advantage over the atheist. The atheist is out there and just whatever happens, happens. Well, for the Christian, we have an advantage, and it is called prayer. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you act first and then ask God to bail you out? Is prayer your first response? Or is prayer your last resort? Prayer is where heaven meets earth. Prayer is an act of drawing close to God. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I just love to meditate on that verse and meditate what that means. When I draw near to God, man, he is there meeting me. He's meeting, splitting the difference. He's going to meet me when I draw near to him. So a couple of things as we've been in this series that we've said three simple things. Prayer is simply talking to God and listening to God. It's, we don't have to overcomplicate it. Simply talking to God and listening because he talks to us. Prayer is the living connection with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is more effective when we connect with what God wants for our life. Uh, I was reading, we're, my girls and I are reading a biography of Amy Carmichael, who was a great missionary uh, to India. She was a mother to many, many orphans. She saved many young girls uh, from their terrible religious system there, um, and, and she became their home. She became a mother to them. Um, she said that when she was 12 years old, that she prayed to God that uh, when she, she had brown eyes, that she would wake up in the morning and her eyes would be blue. And she said, I was just sure. I was just sure when I woke up in the morning, my eyes were going to be blue. And she said she got up and ran and looked in the mirror and her eyes were still brown. She said, I learned that day that God always answers prayer. Sometimes the answer is no. So our prayer life is more effective. God's will for her. 
was already was already established in that, right? Uh, he'd already given her brown eyes. So whatever he's already given you was a gift from him. So know that he knew what he was doing. If he made you a woman, if he made you a man, he put you in this time and in this place. He did that on purpose, with intention, and he equipped you for this time and this place. I love one of the songs we were singing this morning about the generations. That's another thing I love to meditate on. You know, I love he is faithful in our in our daily Bible reading. We are in Ephesians right now, and we just read at the at the end of I believe it's chapter is it chapter three where he talks about being mighty to every generation forever. So we don't have to worry or you know was God a great mover and shaker back in the day, but not anymore. No, he is faithful to the generations, and how beautiful it's going to be when we go to heaven. That's what I was thinking. We were worshiping this morning when we go to heaven, and we're all. It, the word says every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? Every generation. Every Christian throughout all the ages will be there with us worshiping him. Amy Carmichael, all those saints that have gone before us uh, will be there worshiping all those generations surrounded around the throne, giving him glory and giving him praise. I want to say welcome. We've got a couple of VIPs in the house. First of all, right here, we have Teresa and Courtney. They are, Courtney is a friend from our youth camp. And they are here from West Virginia. And have you had Pastor Daryl Huffman minister in your church before? Many times she said, oh, yes, we love him. If you knew he was going to minister, would you miss? Absolutely not. This is firsthand testimony that you are going to love our guest minister. This is our, the first time he's been to our church. So we're super excited, but they don't know him yet. You are going to be so blessed by Pastor Daryl and Miss Bonnie on October the 15th. So they were, they were close by, and they said, we're going to come. We think we're close to your church. So uh, we're so glad to have them today. And we also back here have from California, Miss Elena's mother and grandmother. And we are so glad that they're here. We love Elena. She's such a blessing to, to our church family. So we just want to say welcome to you guys. And uh, my parents are on vacation today. They're, they're camping, and they're going to be so sad for that they, they missed their VIPs today. All right, so our prayer life is more effective when it connects with what God wants in our life. Okay, this is a powerful um, agreement. When what I want and what God wants, when I'm asking for what he wants, Man, we're unleashing the power of heaven into our lives, into our world. So, and finally, the Bible teaches us. So how do we know? How do we know? How do we pray what God wants? The Bible teaches us about the will of God, okay? The Bible teaches us his will. We don't have to say, Lord, whatever your will is. There are certain situations when that's an appropriate prayer, and there are certain situations when that's an inappropriate prayer, okay? Okay. Uh, when he's already, when he has already made his will known, then we need to pray his will. 
We need to get in agreement with his will. We don't pray, Lord, if, if it's your will to give me blue eyes tomorrow, then I pray that that'll happen. <laughs> uh, because that will is known. And there's so many things that are known and discovered in the word of God. So uh, the Bible teaches us the will of God. One place where we do pray uh, is the prayer of consecration. When we just consecrate ourselves to the will of God. God, whatever your plan is for my life, for the short term, for the long term, if you want me to go, I'll go. If you want me to stay, I'll stay. Sometimes he asks you to stay when it's hard. Uh, if whatever you want me to do, I consecrate my life to you. That's I'm consecrated to your will. Some of it's unknown. He doesn't give us the whole plan up front. That would not require faith. Following God is a step-by-step walk. And he gives us the next step. He always gives us the next step. All right, so the Bible teaches us the will of God. Let's look at Mark 135. Hold your place. I told you to turn to Matthew 6. That's where we're going to be. Mark 135 says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus, the Son of God, had a routine. He had a time, he had a place, and he prayed. And he got away from all the crazy going on, all the fun, all the not so fun. He got away from it and got alone with the Lord and prayed. And we can also have a plan when we pray. And that is what we've been doing in this series is we have been talking about what do we do? People say, well, I, you know, I just, I don't know what to do. About 30 seconds in, I'm out. I'm out of words. I don't know what else to say. We're following a plan in Scripture that Jesus gave us as the model. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Jesus provided this model to teach us how to pray. And there are seven guideposts for our prayer time. There are other models of prayer in the Bible. We just talked about the book of Ephesians. There's prayers that I pray for you. Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. You'll see Paul says, for this cause I pray. And then it lists what all he prays. If there's someone that you are praying for, praying that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened to the hope of the high calling that he has for them in Christ Jesus, to know the, the depth and width and height of the love of God which surpasses knowledge. This, these are words in the prayers of Ephesians. When we pray the word of God, we know we're praying the will of God. Amen? All right, and they will, uh, they're powerful in your life. There's prayers in Colossians. There's a famous prayer. A book came out. The prayer of Jabez is a wonderful prayer. Sometime we'll, we'll go through that prayer. There's prayers in Psalms. So whenever you are in your Bible reading and you see a prayer and you, something inside you lights up and you're like, I think I'm going to speak this over my life, over my child, over my husband, whoever in your life that you know is in need, just plug in their name for that prayer. But we are in the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus said, in this manner, therefore pray. So he gave us. So I recommend to you, the first thing that you need to do, if you have not, is commit this prayer to memory. Commit it to memory. But the purpose of committing it to memory is not so that you can recite it but so that you see the guideposts and they guide you through your prayer life, okay? Guide you through your prayer time. I do this. Uh, this is usually my model most days when I pray. 
Jesus said, in this manner, therefore pray. The first thing he said is, our Father in heaven. Jesus did not say, go to the Father as sovereign Lord of all, creator of the heavens and the earth, almighty God. He is all these things. But Jesus said, when you approach God in your prayer time, you call him Father. And, he, and, and Scripture tells us that we have the Spirit of God has been given us to bear witness that we are sons of God. We have a Spirit that cries, Abba, Father. And we know that Abba is better translated, Daddy. Daddy is way different than Sovereign Lord. People usually vibrate when they say that. All right, Father, you love me so much. You called me your very own child. And I can come to you today because you care about every aspect of my life. I thank you that you sent Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, that I can come boldly before you. And I can lay it all out before you. I can give it all to you. And he knows what to do with it. He's not intimidated by you or your mess. He already knows. All right, so we come to him. That's number one as we connect relationally with him. God desires a relationship with us. We had our dream team meeting. Not everybody was able to be there. If you weren't there, we missed you Friday night, but we had a good time with those who were. And I love uh, uh, Mr. Mike said when we were going around the room, he said, well, you know what? We were talking about what we do around the church. He said, I'm a prayer warrior. He was bold. He said, I'm a prayer warrior. He said, I've got a good relationship with God. I said, man, that is somebody who knows who he is in Christ. That's how we're all meant to be. We're all meant to be prayer warriors. We're all meant to say, I've got a good relationship. Because Jesus paid for my relationship. Because of Jesus, I get to draw close. And we've already looked. When I draw close, he draws close. All right. So, Number one is connect with God relationally. Number two, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to revere, to worship, to bless, to honor. All right, so now's the time when we call on, uh, the word says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. The message Bible says that in that verse in Proverbs 18.10, God's name is a place of protection. Whatever you need, you can find in his name. Whatever you need, now's the time. You're sovereign over all. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. There is nothing too difficult for you. You are my healer. His name means healer. His name means savior. His name means provider. His name means he is the banner of victory over us. His, his name means helper. His name means counselor. His name means advocate. He's the one advocating for you before the father and says, yeah, they got it right. They got the blood of Jesus. Oh, yes. Yeah, Father. Yep, they got the right. He's advocating for you. Whatever you need, you can find in his name. So now we worship his name. Name above all ever. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all. And the angels cry as we sang this morning. All right, so then we worship his name. As we do this, uh, 
I believe Pastor Brad said last Sunday, it's not so that we remind him who he is. He doesn't need building up. God doesn't need encouragement. It builds up our faith. It's a reminder that oh, what I need is in him. Oh, he can do this because we get silly, don't we? We get silly when we start looking at our situations and thinking that they're bigger than God. When we start thinking, oh, I'm going under. Oh, God's not going to come through. Oh, this is terrible. This is a terrible report. There is no way out for me. Well, what we're doing is we're magnifying a problem that is much smaller than his name. So we have to build ourselves up. Who is he? Who is he anyway? Who, who is he that we're going to to worship? Number three, we spent a lot of time on this one. Pray his agenda first. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus gave us this model. He said, before you get into your nitty gritty, let's pray his will. Let's hook up with his will, his, his concerns, his kingdom being done on this earth. We looked at God's top priorities are saving the lost. We spent a lot of time... I encourage you to go back and to listen to that because we talked about how to specifically detailed pray for the lost in your life in a way that's powerful. Saving the lost. God is interested first and foremost also in wisdom and guidance for those in authority. God's interested in that. We have elections coming up. Is God interested in who, who gets in those positions of authority? He's very interested. All right, so those are things that we need to get interested in. We don't get to opt out and say, I don't really, I'm not into that. Well, if nothing else, you can bathe it in prayer. God, your will be done. Lord, we've got a Senate seat opening up. Lord, our, our president, our vice president, we're going to be voting. Move, move on our nation. Your will be done. Reveal what needs to be revealed. Uncover what's covered that needs, needs to be revealed. Father God, your plan and your purpose, and sometimes his plan and his purpose is a little different than our party affiliation because he knows one way that I pray is, Lord, I don't care what their motivation is. I don't care what their motivation is. Show them that what you want is what they want. If they're, if they're selfish, if they think, man, this is going to work out great for me, whatever it takes, they will make decisions that line up with the will of God. Okay, so, uh, and also, what is God most in interested in is accomplishing his will and purpose in your life. He's most interested in accomplishing his will. You get on his path. You get on his path. All right, number four, give us this day our daily bread. Now we get to come to him with our nitty-gritty. What do you need today? Do you need a better relationship with your spouse? Do you need a better relationship with your kids? Are you worried about your kids? Are they going to be doing something today? And you want to pray protection over them? Your, whatever your concerns are, your anxieties, your health, this is the time to bring it before him. See, we've, uh, we've, we've uh, built up our faith on who he is and how able he is. I love that he says, give us this day our daily bread. You know, Jesus taught us, don't worry about tomorrow. He said, tomorrow will worry about itself. I thought that's such an interesting thing for Jesus to say. You know, there's a lot of problems in our lives that are out there that if we just don't give it any energy, they dissolve. There's a lot of things that we worry about that are not worth our energy. 
So we need to pray and focus on this day. What's the next step? This, what, what's right before us? Because, Lord, I'm trusting. Now, do we pray over long-term things? Of course we do. Uh, Liliana uh, is graduating high school this year. And you know what everybody asks? What are you doing next year? What are you doing next year? What are you doing after this? Lots of times, right? And she's like, I'm following God. That's what I'm going to do. And I don't know where he's leading me yet. But the way we pray over those kind of things is we know those decisions are coming up. We know we're going to have to make a decision, right? But we say, Lord, I thank you that you know the plans you have for me. I thank you they're good plans to prosper me and make me a success. I thank you that, Father God, when I need to know, you're going to show me exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I thank you when it's time to make a decision, I'll know what to do. And don't be foolish and put God on your timetable. I've seen people do this. Well, if I don't know by this date, and they make up a date, then I'm doing what I want to do. That's very foolish. God is not usually early, but he is always on time. I don't know why he can't be early. It sure would be nice, but he's not. We have a saying in our family, if you don't know what to do, don't do anything. It means you don't have the answer yet. And lots of times you find that, see, what that, ha what, what, what that requires of us is trust. It requires trust that he's able to lead me. He does have a plan for me, and he is going to show me. He'll not be late. He will be on time, and I know when I need to know. I'll know. So it requires trust on our part. Don't do anything until you know what to do. All right, so give us this day our daily bread. Number five, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I think we are in the NIV on this. Other translations say forgive us our trespasses. I think that's a great way to understand what we're talking about here. Trespass is when you crossed the line, you knew you weren't supposed to cross. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We are people prone to trespassing. And it's not okay. So we want to get ourselves right with God. And so we, we, and we are in a much better position to forgive others once we recognize, Lord, I have some things I need to bring to you. All right. So one thing that we can do is ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where have I grieved you? Do you know when we trespass? When we, that's a nice way of saying sin. When we trespass, it grieves the Holy Spirit who lives inside us. So we need to ask him, Holy Spirit, have I grieved you today? Is there a time when I put my faith in something other than you? Did I magnify a problem? Did I treat somebody in a way that wasn't pleasing to you? In what way have I grieved the Holy Spirit? And we want to get that right as quickly as, as we can because that opens up our, our, our line of communication with him. 
All right, and then we want to forgive others. Ask God to help you forgive others who've offended you. Number six, the word says, and do not, Jesus said, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I told you we have seven points. This is our number six today. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Number six is engage in spiritual warfare. I think that that can sound intimidating. What? Engage in spiritual warfare? What does that mean? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Greek scholars tell us that this would be better translated, do not allow us to be led into temptation. Because we know the word tells us that God doesn't tempt us with evil. He doesn't use evil. It doesn't come, temptation does not come from him. In fact, James says it comes from your own lust. All right, so better translated, do not allow us to be led into temptation. All right, Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Sometimes it feels like we are fighting against flesh and blood enemies, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like this person at work or this person in my family. But the Bible tells us, nope, that's not our fight. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That word says fighting against. In the Greek means struggling, wrestling, or hand-to-hand -hand combat. Paul was giving a cultural example to the Roman world that, uh, you know, they had all of the, the games that entertained everyone. And he was talking about what these people knew, that you, you would go and watch people fight in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And there were no rules. And the fight ended when either one person died or one person surrendered. So it was quite a fight, quite a wrestle. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. All right, so we have an enemy who is always plotting against us. And it's important that we're aware of him and aware of his schemes. And I think some people think, what? That sounds scary. Who am I to fight the devil? But God has given us a plan, all right? 1 Peter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Come on, get real. Know what's going on out there. Some people think everything that happens is God. When you think everything is, happens is God, you don't have to be alert. You don't have to be sober. All you have to do is just go with the flow. Just take it as it comes and be like, be a good Christian and say, well, God's got something he wants to teach me in this. That is not what scripture says. Peter said, be alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay, he is constantly on the move. At my house, we have regular appearances of bears. 
and they are in the season now. Here we are in September. This is their, mm, we got to put on some weight season because they're about to go into hibernation. So they're super hungry and they're looking for what can I devour? What can I devour? What can I devour? And this morning we woke up and our trash was strewn all over our driveway because we had a bear looking for something to devour. They're hungry. Something cool about bears is that they, when they're in hibernation, you know, they don't go in, in this area, they don't go into complete hibernation. It's a light hibernation, a real groggy state. And the, the mama bears actually have their babies in that state. And they have their babies and nurse. And then when it's time to come out uh, in spring, when it's time to come out of hibernation, then the little baby has nursed long enough to be big enough to get on the move to start getting food and fatten up for their hibernation season. All right, anyway, we have lots of bears looking for something to devour. And, man, they, they got our trash can good. And that happens about once a week. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, we have an enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Thankfully, our bears are nice and run away when they see us. So, verse 9 says, what are we supposed to do about this enemy? We got to be alert. We got to be of sober mind. And then we have to resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Resist him. All right, so an easy target thinks, well, whatever happens is God. But we have to resist him. Does that sound like some actions involved? Yes. Stand firm in your faith. Sound like some action involved? Yes. All right, how do we do that? How do we resist him? How do we stand firm in our faith? We believe that God will come through. We believe the word of God. When the word of God is contrary to the circumstance in front of us, we choose God's word instead of the circumstance in front of us. We say it's not done until God's had the last word. We're still in the process until God has the last word. That's how we stand firm in our faith, built up in our faith. You know, while we're in church and getting built up in our faith, getting all encouraged, like, yeah, yeah. You know what the devil does? He goes out and does push-ups. Because he's like, yeah, I can get them. I can knock them off their faith. But we have, to, we have to be alert. We have to be sober. We're like, no, not today, devil. Not today. 1 Peter 1.13. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Your best mental protection against the enemy's strategies is to fill your mind with the Word of God. Fill your mind with the Word of God. It will strengthen you. It will keep you free from unbelief. It will keep you free from lying strongholds. That's how we don't give the enemy any entrance into our life, into our thoughts. And then the word says, and exercise self-control. How do we do that? Well, I'm just so tempted to be anxious about this anyway. I'm just so tempted to worry about this anyway. 
We have to exercise self-control. No, not going there. I'm going to hold my mind here. I'm going to hold it on the word of God. That takes some self-control. Prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Ephesians 4.27 says, And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give the devil a foothold. We're talking about don't allow us to be led into temptation. Our adversary is real. However, he cannot force us to do anything unless we cooperate with him. He comes to tempt, to seduce, to deceive, and to assault our mind. But unless he finds a partner to listen or cooperate with him, his attack is futile and powerless. This is how we resist him. This is how we resist him. When we entertain his thoughts, we're like, oh, I'll let that thought in. Come on in. That thought came from the devil. Come on in. I'm going to think on that over and over, over and over. And think about how bad it could be. This could be way worse than they even said. We give the enemy no place. Do not believe his lies. Replace every lie with the truth of God's word. So as soon as you recognize something that's like, I know that didn't come from God, then, okay, let's replace that with the truth of God's word. What does God's word have to say? This is our greatest key to winning every battle that the devil wages. We don't actually have to wrestle with him in a way uh, like, like some people will think. We don't have to physically wrestle with him. What, where the battle is is right here. It's in our mind. All right, so we pray. Don't allow us to be led into temptation today, Lord. Help us when that temptation comes. And there's all kinds of temptations. When that temptation that's so easy to fall into, when that comes, help me to rise up strong against that. Holy Spirit, bring the word quickly to my mind. I thank you that I will replace that. I'll replace that lie with the truth of the word of God. James 4, 7 says, so humble yourselves before God. Humble yourselves before God. Do you know that a position of faith is a position of humility? It's a position of, I'm putting myself under God. I'm going to trust him in this situation. I don't care what they've said. Lord, I'm giving it to you, and I'm trusting you're going to see me through. That's a position of humility, humble, teachable. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, so he is resistible. He is resistible. And when we resist him, we have the promise. He'll flee. I'm not getting anywhere here. I'm out of here. With Jesus, when he had his uh, temptations in the wilderness, he resisted the devil. It's an example of one, two, three. He resisted the enemy. And then it says that, that the enemy, he, he left. It's for a season. 
That wasn't the only temptations he ever had. The word says that he has been tempted in every way that we have, but is without sin. So he totally relates. He totally gets it. He totally gets what you're going through because he's been there. The word also tells us that, that every temptation is common to man. You know, the Bible will want, I mean, the devil will want you to think that, well, yeah, but they don't understand what you've been through. The devil will want you to think you're extra special and that you're unique and this is harder for you than other people and that's why you can't do it and they can. But the Bible says, no, there's all temptation is common, common. We all go through it. We go through it together. That's why we got to be there for one another. That's why we have to do life together, encourage each other. You can do it. You can get through this. All right, through prayer, we can resist the devil and walk forward in freedom. So let's just think about this, this step right here of our, our spiritual warfare. We're going to gird up our mind with truth, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, right? We're going to be alert and prepared. We're going to be full of the word of God. So as we go to the word of God in prayer, as we go to the Father in prayer, we ask him, Father, have, have I entertained wrong thoughts? Have I given a foothold to the enemy? Have I given him a place in my life to think thoughts that are not pleasing to you, that don't glorify you, that don't represent you and what you've done in my life? Lord, is there something you need to show me? Ask for forgiveness. Recognize that these are the areas that the devil seeks to find an entrance into your life. He's roaming around looking for a trash can to go through. I'm going to turn it over, pull out all that stuff, tear it apart, drag it around. He seeks to find an entrance into your life, but he has no right. You can resist him. You can resist him. Everybody say, he's resistible. He's resistible. All right, ask God in my prayer as I'm at this point. And Father, don't allow me to be led into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lord, is there anywhere I've opened a door to the devil? Is there anywhere I'm thinking his thoughts instead of your thoughts? Help me to recognize any open door in my mind so that I can shut that door. So I can seal that through the power of the Spirit, through the power of your word. So this is what we do at this stage in our prayer, right? Do you see how we're using the Lord's Prayer as a guide through our prayer time? Helps keep us on track. Helps keep us in the right order. Helps keep us from getting distracted. Things come up and we get distracted and you can think, okay, where did I leave off? Where did I leave off? Helps us pray more in line with the word of God and helps us to be more accurate. All right, and then some things we can confess. My mind is dominated by the Word of God. Fear, depression, anxiety, defeat, discouragement, whatever tries to come on you, you say, no, my, my mind is dominated by the Word of God. I think of who He is and what His Word says under me. I'm under the control of the Holy Spirit. I strengthen my mind reading my Bible. 
When I sit down to read my Bible, Lord, I thank you. This is your word written to me. I thank you. It brings light. It brings strength. It helps me today. This is my daily bread. God's word strengthens me and keeps me free from unbelief and lying thoughts. And I also want to remind you what Pastor Brad was preaching last week. Another way that we come against the enemy, a lot of battles are just one in worship. They're just one in worship. As we just worship him, he says, the battle's not yours, it's mine. So as we just worship him, we just magnify who he is, he takes care of it for us. All right. And finally, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Number seven, express faith in God's ability. So this is where we started. We drew near, recognizing you are my father. Hallowed be your name. There's none above you. There's none beside you. There is none too difficult for you. And now here we are at the end of our prayer time. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the kingdom. All authority belongs to you, Lord. Yours is the power. All mightiness flows from you. Yours is the glory. Your victory will be complete. Lord, we're all working to that day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Whatever you're going through, it might seem like a mountain to you. Nothing. It's too hard for him. Nothing is too hard for him. Prayer is our time of refreshing. That's why we're meant to do it daily. It's our daily supply. A lot of things we wouldn't have to turn to the world for help if we gave God his spot, if we gave God his place. There's a lot of things we wouldn't be needing. Our times of refreshing. I never go into prayer that I don't come out feeling lifted higher than I went in. It's in prayer that he gives counsel. You know, I can be worried about something and I spend time in prayer. Man, I come out, I feel lifted. I know what to do. I know he's going to see me through. It's time of prayer that I'm having an exchange. I'm having a communion with him. It's time of prayer that where it's all like a big jumbly mess, and then I go before him, and it just becomes clear, becomes simple. And I know, I know he's, he's helping me, and he'll show me, well, you need to do this. He'll change my priorities. He'll change my perspective. And sometimes he corrects me. He's like, you're looking at this wrong. You're looking at them wrong. You're looking at this situation wrong. And, man, you start looking at it right, changes everything. It's in prayer that we get our help. It's where our help comes from. It's where our help comes from. Prayer and time in the Word. Prayer is a living connection with the Father. And He will always show you the next step when you need to know it. 
And if you're like, I just haven't gotten any direction in a long time, well, did you do the last thing he told you? If you did the last thing he told you and you're still doing it, maintaining it, then you're going to assume you're doing fine. I love where we went to Bible school. Uh, the man that was over the school, he said, I go as much by what God doesn't say as what he does say. When he's not saying a whole lot, I know I must be doing fine. Must be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So if I'm not hearing something different, then we're doing good. Let's stand to our feet. He's not usually early, but he's always on time. Amen. Let's just turn to the Father. Oh, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my family. Your will be done in my church family. Your will be done in my great state of South Carolina. From the mountains to the coast. Thank you, Father, for revival falling on this state. Thank you for the reign of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, for those who don't know you coming to know you. I thank you, Father God, for, for revival fires falling, that, Lord, that the word of God just goes forth in a greater measure and with a greater ease. And, Lord, with greater signs and wonders following than we've experienced, Father. Lord, I thank you for revival on my nation. Your will be done in the United States of America. Thank you, Father God, for the believers all over, from coast to coast, from Canada to Mexico. Thank you for the believers across this great nation. You're in it, Father. I thank you, Father God, we're your light. We're sharing your gospel. And I thank you, Father God, for a great harvest a great harvest season for many coming into the kingdom of God, many being translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Oh, we thank you, Father God, that you are at work in our nation, that your will be done in the president, the vice president, in the Supreme Court. Your will be done, Father God, in, in our House of Representatives, in our Senate, Father Lord, that they're making decisions they don't even know why. Because we're praying. Because we're praying. Because we're calling on heaven. Influence them, Lord. Oh, that they'll not be influenced by evil spirits in the darkness of this age. But they'll be influenced that you take off the blinders that they can see. Lord, we pray for a revival on Capitol Hill. We pray for the power of God to be poured out on Capitol Hill. Father God, we thank you for revival among our, our Supreme Court justices that make important decisions, important precedents that governs our nation. Father, we thank you you're at work, that you care. You care. These are things that interest you. Thank you, Father God, that you're at work, that you're free, that our prayers release you to move. Our prayers release you to speak. Our prayers release you to open blind eyes. Our prayers release you to, to make lame walk, deaf ears open. We worship you. We know who our God is. We know where our help comes from. We know there's nothing too difficult for you. 
Father God, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for those watching online, Father God. I thank you for those of our family who aren't here today. Lord, I thank you that you're raising up a people who pray first before we decide, before we go, before we respond, before before we make decisions, Father God, before we decide how we stand on a situation. Lord, I thank you that you're raising up a people who will pray first, a people who will recognize that we're interested in what you're interested in. Oh, wait a minute. I need to see what my daddy has to say about this. I want to know what my daddy thinks about this. I'm going to tell my daddy about this. I thank you, Father God. We will be your people. We'll humble ourselves and pray. And you hear from heaven and you heal our land. We thank you. It's your promise. It's your promise. I thank you for greater refreshing in prayer. I thank you for greater refreshing in our times of prayer. I thank you, Father God, for seeing things we haven't seen before. I thank you that that people's prayer lives are coming alive in a way that they haven't experienced before. And I thank you, Father God, for the ability to prophesy, to speak the very unction of God over situations, to speak out the will and plan of God, that we would be in agreement with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the Alpha and the Omega, who's about to call all these things to an end. Oh, Father God, we thank you that you called us for such a time as this, for such a place, and we will rise up and we will be your people. But Father God, we start on our knees. We start on our knees before you. Oh, we start in prayer before you. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, and we thank you, Father God, for all that you take care of while we worship. We get to just bask in your presence, and you fight battles for us. And you win every one. You win every time. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. Greater is he that is in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you, Father God, for new revelation on resisting the devil instead of falling prey to his temptations. Thank you, Father God, that we will resist. We rise up. Nope, I've done that the wrong way a whole bunch of times, but not today. Not today. New new places in you. New places in victory. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God.